0: You know, sometimes pivoting to a strategy like this, in order for it to be effective, you have to have the right amount of resources and the right amount of energy put towards a certain part of it. And what we've come to realize is that is the guest allocation. So we essentially have a whole team.
1: Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larvey.
2: Hey, everybody, it's Sarah Larby. You are listening to Where to Invest. Welcome back. We have a special episode today. I am actually going to be uh, co-guesting as well as co-hosting. I guess you can say that with uh, my wonderful business partner. Used to be executive assistant, but got promoted and is now a business (laughs) partner. (laughs) Welcome, Aisha. How are you? Good, good. Good to see you, Sarah. How are you? Good. So, But before we get into our topic for today, Uh, Let's hear from Dahlia from Streetwise Mortgages on today's tip of the week, or this week's financing insights. Dahlia, over to you.
3: Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages. As we approach the end of 2022 and head into 2023, myself and my team at Streetwise Mortgages would like to wish you a happy holiday season and a healthy and prosperous year ahead. To say that 2022 was a roller coaster when it comes to real estate in Canada is an understatement. I'm not going to rehash the old news headlines and call that my 2022 reflection. Instead, I choose to focus on moving forward and give you some actionable tips and strategies to consider as you plan for the year ahead. First, Take a moment and reflect on your real estate goals from 2022. What went well? What didn't go so well and what did you learn? Write down the top five things and most importantly, what would you do different in the future? Second, no one, and I seriously mean no one, can predict what's going to happen in 2023. Although I'm sure many guesses will come close. It is However, really important for you as a real estate investor to focus on stabilizing and fortifying your portfolio against whatever may come. There are four specific actions for you to consider to stabilize and fortify your portfolio. Number one, address cash flow pressures at the portfolio level. This includes exploring debt restructuring solutions such as extending amortizations paying down expensive debts with cheaper money, or see if the streetwise cash flow booster strategy may work for you. To learn more about this strategy, you can Google streetwise mortgages cash flow booster. And like said, keep in mind the total portfolio level cash flow. If getting every single one of your properties to positive cash flow is not feasible, then consider adding more income to the portfolio through strategies such as charging more for uh, additional things such as parking, storage, considering short-term rentals or midterm rentals, or even investing in a high cash flow property. In this market, there is starting to be some really good finds out there. Or alternatively, consider lending out some of your capital in conservative, well-vetted private mortgages. In times of uncertainty, Cash and cash flow is key. And there are many ways to get there. Number two, as much as feasible, exit any private loans you may have already. Many private lenders are currently changing their lending guidelines due to the market conditions. And that includes increasing their interest rates, lender fees, or cutting down their loan to values. So unless you have specifically planned for higher holding costs and have a clear exit plan, this is not the time to lean on private money heavily. Number three, manage your interest rate exposure. If you have properties that are coming up for market renewal in the next six months, the rank decision you make today is very important. It's actually more important than ever and will likely have a long-term impact on your success. Everyone generally agrees that we are nearing the top of the rate increase cycle. Therefore, avoid locking into five year fixed rates because this will lock you in at the height of the cycle. In fact, that would be the highest fixed rate in 15 years. If you can afford the additional 50 basis points increase forecasted for 2023, and as an investor, you value the flexibility of being able to rebalance your portfolio, on a short notice, then stick with a variable rate. Otherwise, consider a short-term fixed rate for one or two years. My fourth and most important tip to you is please remember to prepare and plan for success. By that, I mean free up any underutilized capital that you may have. Yes, this capital can be used to weather a storm. However, it will be very handy and will serve you well to jump on opportunities that this market will present. At the beginning of COVID, when the markets were tanking, I shared with you a quote that says, luck favors the prepared. And today I share this quote with you again. Unlock this capital. Set up or increase your secured line of credits on properties where possible. And with the guidance of your mortgage broker, you can also tap into unsecured lines of credit. I also invite you to encourage your joint venture partners to do the same and to also get them mortgage ready. Remember, prepare for success. As always, my team and I are here to help you make 2023 your best year ever in real estate. Reach out to update or create your customized financing roadmap and to incorporate the four actions into your 2023 plans. Contact us at info at streetwisemortgages.com to book your planning session and get your customized complimentary financing roadmap.
2: Awesome, Dahlia. Thank you so much. And guys, reach out to Streetwise Mortgages. They've helped me a ton. They've helped me leave the nine to five. And uh, they are also up to date on the current strategy that we are going to be talking about, which is, what are we talking about today, Aisha?
0: Midterm rentals.
2: We're talking about a new rental strategy, not short term, not long term, but an opportunity, I think, to gain back some control as well as create more cash flow. So um, what is midterm strategy? Let's talk about that first for the people that are wondering, OK, I've never heard of midterm. Um, it's very similar to monthly rentals, corporate rentals, executive rentals. You might see and hear you know, a bunch of those terms, but uh, you know, what's the definition?
0: The definition of midterm is anything over, uh, twenty-eight to thirty days. Now I say that because it varies per region, uh, and sometimes it's less than that. But anything over thirty days up to a year—that is month to month—is considered a midterm rental.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So if somebody's, for example, wanting a temporary stay because they are in between moves, you know, they sold their house, they bought another one, and they've got maybe forty-five days. Well, instead of staying in a hotel, and instead of you know, trying to figure out, uh, you know, which family member they are going to impose on, uh, there is, you know, a great opportunity to rent something for, you know, those 45 days and, uh, you know, often in the same neighborhoods or similar neighborhoods than you're used to or maybe that you're currently living in. Um, But yeah, so it's, you know, 30 plus day rentals usually by the night. So if you're adding more than 30, uh, you're adding nightly, you know, a nightly cost to that. Um, but let's go through, you know, let's go through, obviously, there's always benefits, advantages, and there's always downsides to every every single strategy. So, I mean, we won't get into all of them. And we do have a course uh, that we did over seven weeks that thoroughly has all of the information that you need. I think every single session uh, over those seven weeks was like two hours long. So if you do want to do that uh, and learn really the strategy in depth, you can uh, go on our website, uh, which is midtermrentalproperties.com. Or my website, Saralarby.com, and you can get the information there and you can take the course. It is self-learning at this point. But let's talk about some of the, you know, maybe for you, Aisha, what are your, the biggest advantages of going midterm rather than short term, which is less than 28 days, or long term, which is, you know, using a standard form and, you know, these are regular tenants.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, number one, I'd say, comparatively to short term, uh, midterm is not affected by economy, uh, recreation, or seasonality. So the people who are renting midterm are going to rent midterm because of the reason that they're renting midterm. They will always need a place to stay during renovations. They will always need a place to go when they are traveling for work or being recruited into a new city and they have to find a place to settle into and they'll need a place in the interim. Midterms will always be needed for people who are immigrating, right? They'll need a place to stay that is well-equipped. That isn't isn't a sh- in in a short term location. Midterm locations tend to be different as well, more suburban, close to big companies, close maybe close to the airport. Um, and for the, comparatively to long term, uh, you don't have to deal with the tenant rights uh, or that put you in the LTB that sort of uh, gridlock you sometimes in cases where you end up paying out of pocket because of the situation, uh, as well as rent control. Uh, a lot of the units made before 2018 November are rent controlled. And the way that the rate is increasing, the rental rate cannot keep up with inflation and cannot keep up with, um, you know, the rising interest rates on the mortgages. It's just not feasible. Like so many landlords I'm speaking with are carrying the costs out of their pockets for their rental units in addition to their primary homes. And this is putting a lot of landlords in a really tough spot. These are people who invested in their properties for uh, you know, generational wealth and to bring an asset. And now this this asset is, uh, you know, burning a hole in their pocket. So I think the midterm gives us a really great way to have controlled, um, a more controlled, uh, I guess, way on your cash flow. You're able to tap into, um, you know, a pool of guests, as I mentioned, that need the service on a regular basis. And you can create those relationships. And I think it's something that um, will always be needed. And if you can provide it in a way that makes their life easier when we're needing to book a corporate stay or needing to book um, a stay between uh, renovations or or buying homes, um, that's going to be the value that midterm rentals can bring to the table. And, and we, you know, our company, uh, we pride ourselves on a quality assurance. So we have our course, it teaches our students how to run a midterm rental What's included, what is necessary, what to pay attention to in serving this category of guests, Um, and that allows their rental to sort of stand out and continue to be booked by these guests and by these companies.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, lots of great points, lots of great advantages. The only thing I would, the only caveat I would say is, is you know, you could still end up in the LTB uh, even with midterms. You could still end up in the LTB even with short term. So, I just want to make sure that that's clear for everybody. Because, like, literally, if you have a squatter. Uh, and he's there for one day, regardless, potentially there's always that risk that they uh, do not leave and you are uh, having to go through the courts. Now, with that said, there are some things that you could do to try to mitigate that as much as possible. Um, You know, certain things like having a plaque out front, um, booking and ensuring that you're not signing a regular standard lease, but you've got a lawyer and, and a paralegal uh drafted up occupancy agreement as an example um and, and there's certain things that you uh you can do again it's not a foolproof system um the best thing i think that you can do is uh the people that you are vetting um you know the best thing would be for them to have a another primary residence so you know that they're either in between constructions or they're like going through an insurance claim or it's a corporate executive Where I think people can get stuck if, you know, if they try to do this strategy is if you're picking a tenant um, and really ultimately maybe the tenant can't find another, you know, regular long term place to stay. And that could be a little bit iffy potentially as well. So, um, you know, that or you might have a tenant that decides that they want to go through because you can list on platforms, you can list off platforms. Let's say you just list on, you know, on a platform uh, and they select your place for Airbnb on the first of the month. Maybe they're getting kicked out. So again, you have to understand the reason for coming and staying. You do want to add certain clauses like that into the uh, agreement. Definitely talk to good paralegal because, you know, yes, you can, you know, maneuver through it, but like, it's not a foolproof 100%. You're not going to be, you know, mixed in with the RTA stuff. There's things that you do want to do as much as possible um, to, to kind of avoid uh, being put into that, that bucket, but it's not 100%. Um, hmm.
0: But for me, I think, yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say in the course, we had an entire class where we had our team of paralegals come, um, answer questions. They, you know, went over their suggestions and then they provided a, a lot of resources to back those up as well. So that's mm-hmm. also a good added value so that you really know, you know, we're doing that research for you. We're we're ensuring that you cross all your T's and dot all your I's. And this course really gives you an outline of how to ensure you don't cross over that line and have yourself in a bad spot.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think for me, you know the biggest advantages is i mean I've been doing this for for a few years now with some of my properties, and I like the client base i like the the i mean the majority of the clients are like they either sold a house or they're doing construction uh they're moving somewhere you know further um they're traveling just you know for longer periods of time um uh, but it's usually homeowners uh or or you know business professionals of some sort like I've actually had a you know company rent uh on and off I think it was back in twenty twenty uh, for a group of guys from BC that would stay in the entire house. So they rented uh, on behalf of the the employees or, um, you know, so there's, there's the tenant profile is amazing. Uh, the majority of the time, I think, you know, the other benefit of midterm is being able to uh, cultivate a network for your own leads uh, or again, work with a company that's going to be able to do it. But I, I think right now, uh, especially going into low season, um, the, you know, when I look at our Airbnb, VRBO, like the, there's a lot of additional properties that were not necessarily there even last year. Um, the supply has gone up drastically. I find it's very saturated. And so this is going to be important that you think outside the box, if you're listening to this, you know, what can you do if you've got, uh, you know, a short term rental that's not doing really well, but maybe switch it over to midterm. But there is going to be a little bit of legwork um, to get the clients and a little bit of networking to to do that. Um, you know the other advantage i mean obviously the cash flow is is great. the control uh is is also great um, I like that as well, but I think ultimately um it's going to be uh it's less hands on than short term, so there's a little bit you know less back and forth. you're not replenishing every three, four days um mm-hmm. you know your cash flow may be at not as high as as short term, but it's definitely uh better than long term. And I think ultimately, you know, being able to, like you said, going back to Aisha, your rent control. Um, I'm doing this right now to all the conversions I'm doing. Any units that can be rent controlled or that would be essentially rent controlled, I'm just furnishing those and we're putting that on the midterm rental market. Uh, and then non-rent controlled units will go long term because the problem is it's not, you know, it's not today and it's not this year. But in five years from now, if your tenants are still in their units and you can have great long term tenants, but the the problem is in places like Ontario. It doesn't work the same, and obviously in Alberta, so every market's a little bit different. But in places like Ontario, where you have a maximum allowable rent increase that you could do per year, when inflation is like six, seven, eight percent, and you can only maximum increase two point five percent, very quickly you're going to be so far behind. And so sometimes, if year one you're breaking even, as an example, it's worth doing it just so that year two you're not stuck and you can increase the prices as the economy gets better. Um, You know, I think 2023 is going to be a little bit rough for people and you know you may break even or you might do like you might do better I and mean, you know you never know depending on where your, your midterm property is but your two year three year four i think that's when your return is going to be because you've already bought this furniture you've already covered all the mm-hmm. costs for that in the setup and you know now you have the ability to raise with inflation the cost of the property
4: mm-hmm.
1: and now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors
4: Hey, are you looking for a reliable contractor for your next multi multifamily conversion or flip project? Somebody who understands how to work with investors and also real estate investing itself. I've personally partnered with Lee Pollock from Wise Construction. We're actively doing many projects together in Hamilton and Welland. So things like smaller three and four unit conversions and also some larger buildings where we're converting some large empty commercial spaces into residential units and it's always been important to meet a partner and hire a contractor who does not only high quality work but is on time and on budget and it's also a huge bonus that they have their own in-house trades employees and a warehouse full of building materials so that they can avoid the many labor and material shortages that we hear about often these days. A good project done on time on budget and with high quality work will be key to the success of your Burr multifamily conversion, or flip projects. So to connect with Lee from Wise Construction, text or phone him at 416-525-5951. Again, that is 416-525-5951. And now back to the show. And also you you can control, like it's a target
0: market you can access. So for example, like if the first year, and I was talking to another one of our students and you know, they had a, a few nurses and a few and a few nurses stayed with them a couple of times. And I said, Well, if you have a conversation with these guests and let them know that, hey, you know, let your other healthcare workers know about our place. They're welcome to stay. We give healthcare worker discounts, frontline worker discounts. You then open yourself to a network that you know will also need that service because you already had a nurse from that hospital stay with you. So you know, the need is there. You know, you can create that relationship where they trust you. you. They know the quality of your place and people just want people are can be very loyal. And, you know, even for me, if I go somewhere, I like to sometimes go back to the same place. If it's for the same reason of stay I'm comfortable, I know what to expect. You can create those relationships in the midterm market. In the short term market, if a guest comes and visits for a holiday, maybe they'll come back. Maybe they won't. But again, affected by seasonality, recreational. And economy, people who are traveling for leisure and recreation aren't going to be doing so as much ICL in the next year or so. So it's really about targeting that midterm market where you can access those people, pinpoint, know what sectors are doing these, um, you know, trainings and recruitings and relocatings and meeting places between homes and how to target that, which is it's an option. You just have to put the work in.
2: Yeah. And, you know, what? in the U.S., like they're they're always so much further ahead than us in, in some in some ways. Right. I mean, they're also much more populated. But, you know, there's there's sites that are essentially coast to coast in the U.S. that offer furnished executive stays where somebody can go and take a look. Um, you know, Furnished Finder is, is a big one, but they have no presence in this country, in Canada uh, or or anywhere else. And they're very geared towards traveling nurses, which is actually a thing in the U.S., and I'm not saying there's no traveling nurses in Canada but like there's actually a business around traveling nurses and they have contracts and they actually do travel and like there's actually a role called traveling nurses not the same thing in Canada usually you'll have a position and you'll stay there a little bit longer um you know and so um so there, there's obviously healthcare I still think healthcare is is not a bad option but when you're thinking healthcare maybe it's also for the families of somebody that's nearby right maybe there's a child that's sick um and the parents don't you know are not from there maybe they traveled four hours away because they live in a smaller town well they're going to need something somewhere to stay uh so you know that could be a great healthcare opportunity uh for you to be able to cater to but you know again i think it's just about in canada we have to be a little bit more resourceful i think we have to be a little bit more creative because um you know it's not just all like i, I think a lot of them can just do so well just like renting to traveling nurses because there's so many of them here we do have to like you said look at all the different types of um industries and where there might be some opportunity and like even just t- like calling calling corporate clients and just figuring out if there's head offices and you know training centers and all that good stuff there's there's opportunity but there's definitely more work uh to do which is also what we're doing with our business right
0: so I was going to say we have a whole a whole team you know behind us and 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 truthfully like You know, investors are also a lot of investors are also something else. They are also a full time accountant or a full time doctor, a full time teacher, full time lawyer, and they're very happy with their careers and they don't want to quit their nine to five. And, um, you know, sometimes pivoting to a strategy like this in order for it to be effective, you have to have the right amount of resources and the right amount of energy put towards a certain part of it. And what we've come to realize is that is the guest allocation. So we essentially have a whole team dedicated to making these calls and making these relationships and doing all the back-end legwork, which we can then bring in and say, okay, now we have all these relationships with all, the, with all these guests, potential guests, reoccurring guests. And, and that's the most important part. It's the reoccurrence. It's not the one-off someone. It's the company that you know needs to house 50 people every month in different locations across Ontario, different locations across Canada. It is those relationships we're making for the busy investor who wants to pivot but literally does not have the capacity or time in their day to be able to do the legwork required to make this a successful strategy but the option is there you know like we just mentioned again like in the short term it's hard to pick that target market and target that market that will stay at your place recreationally or seasonally in the midterm strategy you're able to so every time a, you know, a new client comes to us and says, we want to sign up with you. We then, you know, take that city, we give it to the sales team and they hyper-focus on that area and start calling around in that area to connect with the hospitals and the cor- big corporations and the recruitment agencies in those areas that would want to stay in that particular home. Um, so there, it, you know, it, it's very possible, but there is a lot of back-end work and legwork around it. it for mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. Um, so, Let's let's go back a little bit to, you know, if somebody does want to try it on their own and, and they want to see if they've got maybe a long-term or midterm property that or a short-term or long-term property that might work. Um, but let, let's let's talk about the types of properties that work best and which ones we're finding that people may not gravitate to as much.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So I know for sure we get a lot of requests like parking, gated backyard, pet friendly. Um, and then you know, a good walk, a good walking score is good as well. Something near transit, um, something near, you know, good, good, um, you know, shopping and everything. But ultimately, you know, when they're looking, they're looking to be near or close by, either where they already lived, if it's between rentals, or where they're working. Um, so that's why the strategy is so great because there, it, it doesn't, there's not sort of like a best case scenario, but also there are certain things that. You know, people look for when choosing a property, choosing a location.
2: Yeah. And I think we just have to also keep in mind that a lot of your guests are homeowners. So they're probably not as keen to be in a basement unit. If you've mm-hmm. got, for example, like a main floor unit, when I look at like my basements versus my main floors, they always go first, the main floors in terms of getting booked and I get higher rents for them as well. Not that okay. the basements don't do well, they just don't do as well, just because, again, homeowners are not used to necessarily being in basements um you know laundry is always a big big question they do want to have it like in the unit as much as possible um if not like if you're you know you've got a multi-unit or whatnot as long as they have access to it and then I do agree with you with it with the parking that's usually a big question because they'll have cars um or easy street parking is, is also a good thing um you know some backyard space many of them like if you do allow pets you know many of them don't many other places don't allow pets so you can also like create like a little you know opportunity for you to be compared to less properties altogether. I, I I allow pets in my units. Um, you know, again, I just want to make sure I screen the the tenant themselves. Um, uh, but you know, I have no issues with pets. And if, you know, you've got a responsible pet owner, then the majority of the time, again, the things do happen and they have, but the majority of the time you'll be, you'll be okay. Um, you know, but if you're in an area or you've got properties where there's a lot of other homeowners rather than renters, um you know likely a lot of the ones like for example like if i look at where i'm i am uh, in my burlington ones um it's a very uh you know residential area with a lot more homeowners than renters and so they want to stay in the same areas cuz they want the kids to go in the same schools or they you know they're doing renovations to something in the area anyways and so like that helps but if you're in an area where it's like a c class area um you know there's it's you know more maybe drugs or crime uh, or prone to that. And then there's just a lot of renters. Um, it may not be, uh, where your executive or or your nurses or your, um, you know, like business clients are necessarily going to go after. And so I I know we're working with a client right now. And like, that was one of the things that they said, right. Is Hmm. I just want to make sure I'm happy to pay a little bit more, but I want to make sure I'm in an area that is, you know, not sketchy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And the interesting thing was, it, and what you said was very important, he had a budget, but then it was, may, he was willing to pay more for the main level and willing to pay more to be out of a questionable area. So the budget then no longer, mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's like, okay, because I said, oh, great, I can put you here and I can put you there for exactly what you want to pay. And it's was like, oh, maybe I'm okay to go on the higher end. But you know, that's <laughs> yeah. important too, because then you kind of know what properties are going to be booked which ones are going to be in demand. Um, Because you're not trying to fit a circle into a square. Like we are looking for the companies, what they need, what kind of properties they require. And we want to create, you know, experience that fits what they're looking for. And that's how we're going to create these long-term relationships of uh, continuous booking and returning guests.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. So you know, let's let's talk about a little bit about. I know we talked about the amenities, uh, you know, the the must-have amenities, and that's not to say like you should have a, a fully stocked kitchen, like whatever you use at home. Just keep in mind, people are gonna be there for you know thirty plus days, so you don't want to have your toaster, your like your dishes, like all that stuff uh, for yeah. sure. Um, but what are some like maybe renovations that you think? Um, may be like if someone's gonna spend money somewhere doing some some rentals, what would be the best type of rentals to do for midterm?
0: Like a nice to have? Yeah. Decor-wise, like an accent wall for sure. Anything, even like even though it's still a midterm stay, I would say anything that just makes your property stand out, right? That makes it more welcoming, makes it trendy. Like the 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 way you design it, you want it to be inviting and you kind of want them to feel that it's A little bit different than a regular house, like a day to day stay. It's nice to have like pops of color. Um, You know, you want to make sure like everything's painted well, fresh coat of paint. Um, You know, the floors are done well. Like, you know, anything that needs to be changed that you know that if you were staying there, how would you want it to look like? Right. Because again, they're not, it's not going to be a long term tenant where you're like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to put it in there because the wear and tear is going to be that way. Anyway, the wear and tear won't be as bad. Um, as a long term and maybe not even bad as a short term, because, again, the short term is recreational. They come, you know, sometimes it's a party. Um, but for midterm, it's like you've got that corporate executive level or that homeowner level. So you want it to be a nice house and you want it to sort of also be at that bar that, that you would want to stay at. So it's important to think like a homeowner.
2: Yeah, for sure. And differentiate your your unit, right? Like you said, like just like something that's unique or someone's like, oh, I really want to go there because of, you know, like a the
0: house theme. Like
2: I, I, think, I think the haunted house thing is maybe more like a short term thing. But yes, I definitely do want to do a haunted house for yes. one of them for fun. Um, however, you know, like definitely the, you know, the, the nice furniture and the nice decor. But um, just to go back to the rental piece per se, I think it's just important to utilize, you know, the, the newer the place looks, the more modern yeah. it's going to look, probably the better. Um, but you do want to use materials that are going to last throughout yeah. the years for that wear and tear so flooring you know with scratch and and water resistant um you know think about that think about the paints so some cheap paint you can see all the fingerprints so don't cheap out on certain things like that um you know i think like a bathtub if you're thinking about people with kids um if you can fit a bathtub i think that's good um if you can you know build a privacy fence of some sort in the backyard um that's always you know people like their privacy especially in the summer uh they do want to have some outdoor space as much as possible. Um, in, unit laundry. In, in unit laundry, in unit laundry is a big one, and like you know, just fun- a functional kitchen. Um, you know, spend like kitchens aren't as much as they used to. You don't have to go crazy on the kitchen, uh, but you know, get some some nice appliances. Like all that stuff yeah. goes a long way, especially because it's- they like think about this. They're homeowners; they probably are used to these nice things, anyways. So they yeah. just, they probably want to keep the same level
0: of living expectation. Of course, yeah, and they can charge more, right? Like if you have a nice place with nice appliances and you're charging more, the people staying there who are, who are affording your nice place are likely, are not likely going to damage it. They're likely going to take care of your nice place because they're paying a lot to stay there, which means you're paying you know higher damage deposit and so.
1: And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors.
4: Are you looking to sell but don't want to move? Did you know that with Sell Rent Stay's program, you can get paid and remain in your home? Life sometimes throws curveballs at us where we need to access the cash tied up in our homes. With Sell Rent Stay, you can get access to your home's equity without the hassle of moving from the house you call your home. Sell Rent Stay works with each client on a case-by-case basis to determine the value to be paid for your home. To learn more, visit www.sellrentstay.com.
1: And now back to the show. Yeah.
4: And the the
2: other thing I would just add, too, is like, let's just say, you know, this is a a connection from a client, like a company, a corporate client. Do you think that they're going to want to trash it? And that's also potentially their employer.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So know, And and again, a lot of them are going to be, the goal is to have that relationship for them to be returning clients. Because if someone travels for work once, they're going to continue traveling for the duration of their employment, most likely than not. Or if not them, other people from their company. So yes, that's actually a very good point. It's the reputation that they also want to keep, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's worth it, I think.
2: Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, there's like there's lots lots of things. Um, I mean, from a design and the decor standpoint, we also uh, partnered recently with a, you know an awesome company that does like a lot of stuff. So you basically hand over the keys, you get the keys back, and your place gets magically done, <laughs> which is nice. That helps. Um, you know, but there's lots of, lots of great, you know, companies that you can hire. Cleaning is a whole other thing. Let's talk about like some of the challenges of cleaning. Um, yeah. Yeah. What are some challenges with cleaning?
0: So a few things. So a, you know, it's really important to have a cleaner that understands the quality of cleaning for an Airbnb, what to look for when they're cleaning. So for example, it's really important to have someone who's familiar with your unit because if I don't know your unit and the lamp went missing in the last visit, I wouldn't know because I've never been there before. So if the same cleaner is there every single time, they'll know if anything A is missing and or B, anything was broken. Like, if, you know, your glass was a set of eight. Now it's a set of six. Um, they know how to keep an eye on replenishments. So like, do you have enough soap for the next visit? Do you have enough toilet paper? Do you need to stock up? Is there enough in the locked up closet? Because, you know, you don't want it to be that that's not stocked to what it should be for. A two bedroom three bedroom one bedroom and then the guest runs out and then you have to make that extra trip or pay that cleaner to make that extra trip for the replenishment you want that cleaner to also know what's required every time they go there and to also partner with you to stock up even if you have to pay them a little bit extra i guarantee you it is worth the headache of restocking and replenishing things yourself because they're going there anyways they're going to be trained to do a walkthrough like well that's what i'd recommend and you know Telling them what is expected in that unit, because it will be different for every unit. So it's important for them to know that, mm-hmm. um, you know. So-, so let me
2: let me add a couple things to the cleaning piece, because like you you did mention Airbnb and I think, you know, I just want to reemphasize a couple of things. So the cleaners that you are going to hire for midterm should be very similar to the cleaners you would hire if you were to do the short term uh, through whether it was a platform like Airbnb or somebody else. Because they are going to clean it and look at the stock, the replenishment, the damage they need to let you know what the damage is, so you could you know claim a damage deposit uh or hold back the damage deposit rather if something does happen um but they really need to be at that level, like even from making sure there is no hair like left on the mattress that and looks- stuff like that like that some of that stuff is is you know like and I know we're laughing, but we've all been like no, that, that like you're like, is this clean? Cleaning yeah. residentially for a regular person is totally yeah. different than cleaning for yeah. an Airbnb. You yeah. um, want it with a high standard, and also because that will affect your ratings and inevitably affect you know your
0: future earnings.
2: For sure. So you know, like again, like depending on what area you're in, maybe you have a cleaner that does short term, mid term cleaning, and then they have a checklist and they're all set up. Or you know, maybe you need to train them and teach them. Um, and I've done, you know, I've done both, um, and you know, one of the things that you will want to also figure out with them is the laundry situation. Are they going to stay and do the laundry the entire time? Or are they going to switch yes. out the laundry and bring it back the next time? The garbage yes. situation. That's the other thing to consider, right? So um, are they going to take care of the garbage? Or uh, is your guest responsible for taking care of the garbage? And then if there's a few days in between, can they do it? Can they not? Are you going to have a maintenance person in between? So there's some things to consider, which can be some challenges, especially if you're in a remote area. Uh, but you are gonna have to figure out the laundry situation, the garbage situation, the replenishment situation, Um, you know, and just to go back, I know we talked about like some of the, you know, things to add. Like you probably want to have an outdoor camera, outdoor only, guys, and just like facing the driveway. You might want to have a noise sensor app. You or um, monitor. Smart lock. You will ha- need to have internet. You'll ha- need to have a smart lock that you can change the code on your phone, because okay. if you ever get somebody that decides not to leave, it's very easy to change the code once they're gone, and you can see the camera. So there's. You know, different little tiny things that you can do should that happen. I'm just telling you worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there are ways to set up and it's going to look very similar to maybe like a short term type of rental where you're going to have the linens, you're going to have the cutlery, you're going to have, you know, the coffee pot and all of that stuff. Um, But you're not replenishing as often. So you're saving a little bit of money on the expenses Um, and you're also, you know, not having... So much potentially vacancy because you're having less turnover and people are going to stay longer. Mm-hmm. So, yes. you know, obviously there's there's other things to consider, right? There's accounting, there's insurance, you know, there's yeah. well, bookkeeping, taxes, all that kind of stuff. We're not accountants, so I would just say just talk to your accountant mm-hmm. about the strategy. Um, it is a very new strategy, so it is still very gray. Um, I personally love it, but your tax situation will be different than our tax situation. Um, insurance and you know for your insurance setup, you're gonna want to have it set up as if it was a short term, midterm insurance because that's unfortunately a very different thing than uh, long term tenant insurance and it'll be a little bit more expensive. But you know, I would say probably 50% if I had to take a wild guess, more than your long term rental insurance. Um, what else do they should they know to just success, successfully potentially manage their their
0: portfolio on the midterm? What are some other insights? I think just really know your area, know where your house is located, know what's in your prop, like know what's in that city, know what the need is, um, know what kind of property you have and what type of clients and guests that would attract, right? Um, You know, we connected with a company where like they're looking for a lot of condos downtown. So like, you know, th- that would be the target market for those places, right? And d- it depends on what area you're in as to where you would target. And I think if you can understand your area, that's going to be the best thing to be able to fill it with guests and and increase the occupancy. And, you know, obviously the few things you mentioned, um, just having it run correctly from day one, especially because it's a new strategy. People are confused. Accountants are confused. Insurance providers are confused. I've had a lot of students come back and say, like, my, you know, insurance provider has no idea. Like, they're not able to help me get this. Do you know anyone, right? Or my accountant doesn't have the answers to these. Do you guys know? So we've been lucky enough in our course again to partner with with experts who are able to answer these burning questions for our students, and we offer this course because there are so many different elements that long term nor short term hold that midterm does, and just in order to not have to pay a bigger price later, just pay attention to all these different parts of the strategy that aren't weren't addressed before, you uh, still end up in a jam later.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like I mean, I'm a big preacher of this, but like your expert team need to be. Ideally, investors themselves and very much cater to investors. So your insurance person should be an insurance broker that works with a lot of investors, uh, including these strategies. Because, again, not every insurance company will actually touch this. There are some that do and they're fine, but you have to find the broker that has the connection. Um, And then your accountant, like your accountant, again, very gray area in terms of like a new strategy, which I think is, you know, is also a blessing in disguise. Um, But there is some, you know, potential. Things that you're going to have to learn through along the way. So have a good team. Same thing with mortgage brokers, like your mortgage broker, um, you know, your real estate lawyer, all that stuff. Ideally, they're all you know investors and, and help investors with with these strategies. And um, we're happy to provide you know um, some some examples of our expert team as well. Um, so I know we talked. You talked about the class. We talked about our student. Um, it is available. Uh, so you guys, if you are interested in taking the course. Uh, it is uh, seven classes of about two hours each, self-learning modules, and that is either on uh if you go to the midterm class, or you can go to our new site, which is going to be essentially up and running as of January, 2023. The course is going to be the investor side, because uh, we're going to have two sections, one for the clients and one for the investors. And that is the, um, so it is midtermrentalproperties.com. But we get a lot of stuff also that we're adding to
0: the website. What are we adding? Oh, a few things. So we're we're probably going to add an area for preferred vendors uh, so that you can find trusted resources in your area. Uh, Are we, I don't know, for announcing like all the features. We have a lot of things that we're going to add to support not only investors who join our platform, um, but as well as companies who sign up with us um, for their guests. So there'll be a a few things. Um, You're going to get a lot of support on the back end. Of our platform, there's going to be a way for you to put your property on the platform, have access to our guests, and then get the support of us for guest communication, you know, the entire time. So there's an opportunity there if you are wanting to pivot into the midterm strategy, but don't have the capacity um, or just the desire to manage it yourself. Um, because again, this strategy does take a lot of backend work um, for it to be successful and for it to have consistent and increasing occupancy rates. It's a different beast altogether. But I think the fact that there's a solution to getting those guests involved and to changing the, the strategy altogether um, into the midterm it is, you know, I, I feel grateful that we were able to pivot.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Okay. Um, so I'm going to do a lightning round on you because oh, we do lightning rounds with all the podcasts. Hey, hey. Um, and I don't think you've actually—I've never done one. Been on my podcast, like yeah. I mean, you have, like, in terms of as like host. co-hosting with me, yeah. but not really as a co-guest. So I'm just yeah. going to ask you the same question. So number one, ready to play? Oh, which one? Are you ready to play? Oh, I'm ready to play. Yes.
1: <laughs> and now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors.
4: Today's lightning round has been brought to you by Midterm Rental Properties It is a new way to rent. Make more cash flow, take back control over our investments and our portfolios using a different creative strategy and pivoting. So, if you want to find out more, go to midtermrentalproperties.ca.
2: Question number one was: Your favorite real estate investing book?
0: Oh, um, do you know what? I don't think I have one. I think I think most of my real estate knowledge has been through like podcasts, but I guess like. It's the same as everyone else, which was like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which really was like the opening up of what is investing. But other than that, I would say really your podcast is that <laughs> opened me up to real estate investing because I was like, oh, this makes sense. I tried to listen to a few and I couldn't really um, digest them well. And so I yours is what I could commit to and like actually enjoyed listening to. So and there we are. <laughs> That's so
2: funny. True story. you used to listen to my podcast two years ago and then your husband like, like suggested that you listen to it and then one day now, I posted on Instagram that I was looking for help and here well, we are today and now you're a business partner in this business. Yeah, yeah it's, funny uh, how it's things worked out. <laughs> it's gonna be uh, All right, number 2, you talked about podcasts so I know you listen to them but like maybe not
0: necessarily real estate per se. Do you have a favorite podcast? Yeah, you know what? I listen to a lot of Eckhart Tolle and he helps me just keep balance for the crazy times and it's it's uh yeah, he's he's a great spiritual guide that really just helps you sort of manage the day-to-day when things get hectic. So he's he's what I listen to, and I'm not listening to real estate.
2: All right, cool. <laughs> Number three, what do you do for fun when it's not work or real estate?
0: Oh, oh, that's a good question. Uh, uh, well, I go to my CrossFit because you made me. And so <laughs> I, really I, not, I really encouraged me. And I was like, she's going to keep asking if I went to the gym. So eventually I should say yes. <laughs> and I actually, I thoroughly, I really enjoy it. It's changed my life. And um. Yeah, it's something that like I just look forward to every morning and and, like like completes my day. So that's my like time to myself, like a hobby that I that I have. I guess you could call it that. (laughs) Okay,
2: cool. And number four, if you lost everything tomorrow, all your money, all your assets, how would you start again?
0: I guess what I've been doing my whole life was just start a business and see what happens. And. You know, here we are for my my 10th business. I've tried starting in the last like four years because I just, you know, take a stab at things. And I thought, okay I'm good at this. I have the skill. I have no other money. Like I've got nothing to lose. And I just put all my my uh, both my feet forward and push for it. So I tried and tried and tried. And this one's been this was picked up. So this is good.
2: (laughs) But you know, but you know what the funny thing is? All of the businesses that you started are complementary to this one because you were doing event planning which i like so when i interviewed you you have done some event planning so i'm like okay i need this for my resort and events at the resort and then you had some interior decorating skills and like this is perfect for our midterm so like you think about it you know as like you're all you pieced it all together you learned it all and you're like now you know creating an awesome business Mm -hmm. uh with all the pieces of the prior ones
0: that's exactly very true. Yeah, all my skill sets have like come in together and are really helped to, to try to run this business because you have to be a jack-of-all-trades. So have, I've been able to be a little bit in all the trades and now I can bring it together. Awesome.
2: Uh, and last question is, somebody has $50,000. They want to know how to best spend 50 grand. How would you recommend they do that? I should say in, in, from an investment standpoint.
0: Yeah, I mean, if it was 50 grand, that's not going to get you very far. But I mean... Uh, if someone came to me now, I would say, try to find a JV you can trust and try to go in together and, and get a property and get okay. a property and convert into into more units than it started with and then refi and do it all over again. Basically, what are you, what I've been learning, <laughs> you know, how are you going to maximize that 50 grand? You find someone else to give you whatever you need for the down payment of a property that you can take from as a single family home and turn it into like four units and then rinse and repeat.
2: For sure. Awesome. Is that all good right. advice? Is that, that, is, that is great that, advice. <laughs> Thanks for playing the lightning round. So where can my listeners reach out and find out more about you and then also about the company?
0: Yeah, so uh, my website is aishagovani.com and I can be reached at Aisha, at com. and our midterm rentals is midtermrentalproperties.com and also we can be reached at info at com. So contact us if you have any questions at all. We're happy to even just give advice. So- please reach
2: out. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. It was, uh, it's fun doing this together. It was the first like one that we're like co-doing it together with no guests and we're just uh, going through a strategy. So if you guys like this kind of uh, podcast, then let us know. We can do some more. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Thanks.
1: Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest? with your host, Sarah Larvey. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest?